probably would buy it again. I went to the gas station uh, on my way home from work and just to pick up uh, some stuff and the and get some quick picks. And um, the lottery or the the woman working the cash register was like, "And do you want a lotto ticket?" And I said, "Yes." Can I get three quick picks, please? And she's like, "Ugh." And then as she's like putting it into the machine, she's like, "Come on, come on, machine, break, break, break." I was like, oh, you giving out a lot today? She's like, all day. And the door yeah, was constantly, like, people were revolving in and out the door buying lotto tickets, so. Those convenience stores are probably doing pretty good business. Oh, yeah. My grandma said that she saw in the news that there was an hour wait at one of them to get a lotto ticket. That's a little ridiculous. That's, yeah. Total local news thing. And she's like, and people from Canada and Mexico are coming in to get tickets. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Cool, grandma. <laughs> anyway huh. um, Okay, well I'm ready whenever you are <clears throat> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen And welcome to This American Horror Story An unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host, Chris Husted. If any of you guys won the lotto last night, I'm saying this as you're listening to it uh, on Thursday, please uh, feel free to donate to This American Horror Story podcast and keep us funded, because right now we're funded by nothing. Our bank accounts. Yeah. But hey... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you could also uh, buy a hotel and make it into a replica of the Hotel Cortez. Right. Open your own Iris and Liz B&B. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think they had breakfast. It was just a B. Just a B. They, they were, the second B was not involved. No ghosts allowed. Oh, man. I can't believe this we're already done. This is the finale. Done. Yeah. I know. It's so, it feels so quick this year. Oh, it went by, it did go by quickly, and I think it's partly how they cut the season, but I do think it's partly kind of the the course of the plot. There wasn't that much story left to tell, I guess. I agree. This um, almost felt like an epilogue uh, as opposed to a finale. I, I think that's an absolutely fantastic point. Um, of course, before we really dig into um, Be Our Guest, which is the name of this 12th episode... We always want to remind you guys that you can um, let us know your thoughts on the finale by sharing them, uh, emailing us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. We, we try to respond to just about everybody. And also by uh, keeping the conversation going at Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. And of course by rating and reviewing us online. We sincerely appreciate uh, that as well. Um, before we kind of open the mailbag a little bit, so to speak, there's one thing I wanted to address from from last episode two small things actually uh (laughs) what are you what are you drinking this evening oh i'm having uh, a stag and also a uh a little bit of uh uh, buffalo trace bourbon neat what about you i'm drinking a very dark um 30th anniversary stout imperial stout from great lakes brewing in cleveland nice uh it is very very cold here i'm not sure um, where the weather is in in your part of the country, listeners, but uh, here in Cincinnati, it has been quite frigid. So, <laughs> you know, gotta wear my uh, liquor jacket, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. 
also, okay, now you go ahead. Let's let's get going on this, and then I'll chime in with stuff. Okay, two quick things I think we need to address. The first, uh, we had a good point in an email, or maybe this was on Facebook. No, it was definitely in an email. It was an email from Beth, who made the point that, um, yeah, who made the point that uh, Donovan died on the sidewalk. They dragged him out onto the sidewalk so that way he wouldn't die in the Cortez. But technically, Sally died on the sidewalk too after she fell out of the building. She died on contact with the concrete. So is there like a certain distance? Is that why he told him to keep dragging him? That like, if you're on the premises of the Cortez, you're still technically at the Cortez. You can still reappear. I'm trying to remember. So Donovan died. Was he in the street or was he on the sidewalk? I think he was on the curb, but he was like, he kept telling him to pull him further toward the curb, or maybe he was on the street. Because John Lowe, when he crawled, he crawled and looked like he, I mean, I guess there's no spoiler alerts anymore if you're listening to this, but he crawled and died, like, look, looking seemingly on the sidewalk or driveway. Right, or almost whatever. in, like, very close to Donovan's spot, actually. Yes, perhaps just a few inches past it, toward the, back toward the hotel. Right. So I don't know if that's just an inconsistency they didn't think of or if, yeah, there is something, you know, outside on the premises. If you die, you're still there, too. Second thing, and I think this is more, uh, even more interesting, is we had debated or just weren't really sure about that quote that Mrs. Evers said in yeah, the last episode. Yeah, look like really illiterate, uneducated English majors, don't we? About heaven and earth, yeah. And uh, it was actually <laughs> from Shakespeare, from Hamlet, actually. Um, the actual line is, there are more things in heaven and earth Horatio, than I've dreamt of in your philosophy, is the actual quote. And it's a famous line from the play, um, which Hamlet uses to, and I'm reading this from a, a website that I believe it was sent to us by Jocelyn. Yeah, I was going to say, we had a few shout-outs on that one, right? Yeah, there were a few shout-outs, but this website specifically was sent to us by Jocelyn that had, like, an annotated section. And so it says that Hamlet teasingly portrays uh, Horatio, his school friend, as a narrow rationalist out of tune with the more exotic possibilities of the universe, such as ghosts walking the night. Implicitly, Hamlet's own philosophy is more capacious and more willing to admit new strange phenomena. So, I mean, I think this is just a statement on Miss Everest's part that... March is not willing to expand his mind, I guess, and is so narrowly focused on the beauty of the Countess, kind of. Um, but in, interesting that that's what she chooses to invoke. I mean, classic tragedy, obviously, and her story is certainly tragic. But, okay, so those were the couple loose tens I wanted to tie up. Now, I've got all sorts of questions, so we better dive in. Without further ado, let us discuss Be Our Guest. So... Uh, we open with a very dramatic opening scene. Um, give me your first impressions of it. I like the opening where we get, uh, you know, we get the um, classic um, Falchuk Murphy uh, monologue uh, narration happening from from someone in the show, and we're getting Liz in this, and she's talking about, um, you know, reopening, and, and, and actually I forget exactly what she was talking about. I know it happens after... We, we see her laying on the bed, essentially, and we see her get her throat slit. <laughs> by first thing. The first thing she dies. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it's like, oh, crap. That, this is going to be a really sad episode because, obviously, she's a fan favorite, right? Um, and then we go into a little bit more of what's happening uh, post-murder uh, of the Countess with her and Iris taking over, taking charge of the hotel and trying to get it in a tip-top shape with fancy toilets and and champagne so they can get good reviews and get the place uh, buzzing again. 
So a couple quick questions about this first thing. Uh, I mean, what was your immediate impression when you saw that Liz dies? Dies. Yeah. I thought either it's going to be some, it, it could be a dream. You never know. Uh, or I thought if this is going to happen, that's a bummer. You know, because she was one of the characters we were rooting for to, to survive or to make it uh, to the end and have a happy life of, of some form. Um, little do we know that ultimately it does kind of work that way. We just automatically assume death is a terrible thing, and this show is trying to say there is life after death, and uh, that can be different, but uh, just as valuable. What did I, you think? I definitely agree with a lot of your analysis, too, but it, I mean, immediately when it was surprising. I, when I, it was surprising, and I, my first reaction was that something terrible was going to happen. Mm-hmm. This was just foreshadowing something terrible. Um, and I wasn't even thinking about Liz coming back after this. Although, I mean, obviously, if I thought about it a little bit more, that would have made made sense. But I was just thinking it as, like, now we're just going to learn what terrible things led up to, you know, what horrible things were going to happen at the hotel that would lead up to this moment. Right, exactly. We, uh, we automatically assume it was going to be some malicious murder, um, especially because she murdered the Countess and we see the finger blade slit her throat. So we assume it might be, a, you know, a, a revenge uh, kill or something. Have you ever seen the movie Sunset Boulevard, the old movie? Yes, yeah. So this it reminded me a lot of that, where the first thing you see is the narrator's body floating in a pool. Yeah. And he's he's still it's still his voice, but the, you know you start from that point where he's dead, and you backtrack to kind of him telling you how he got to that place. Right. And that's kind of what I was. Right. It, it it's felt a, like it was channeling a little bit. It's a popular narrative uh, device. Right. Absolutely. That's very effective when done correctly. And I, I, th- I think it was. I, I liked how this episode started off for yeah. sure. Um, obviously, Iris and, um, excuse me. Obviously, Iris and Liz are sprucing up the Cortez and trying to turn it into a more respectable establishment. In a lot of ways, they have. I mean, it seems like they invested a lot of money they got from the Countess's paintings into um, more modern furnishings, a classier look, higher quality items, whether that's sheets, toilets, whatever, like you were saying before. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a problem in this new nice hotel, and that's... Um, Those damn ghosts. They keep killing. The ghosts keep killing people. <laughs> of course, you know, the concern is never that the police are going to come investigate any of these missing people, as we've discussed before. It's just that, hey... Um, it's hard to get continued service or really good reviews when your guests die every time they come and visit. Every time. Like, every guest. I've, I haven't seen people check out. I don't think we've ever seen anybody check out. I think that's a good point. I assume that it, there must have been a few people that came and went. Um, but, the, yeah, it's an issue they're definitely having. So they need to infi- uh, figure out what they're going to do to uh, kind of basically placate the spirits to make them so they're no longer missing these they no longer have these holes in their their lives their dead lives they're dead <laughs> right they're after <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying it's, they're not you know they're, they don't have this unfinished business that is keeping them so distraught basically yeah um so they kind of hold a meeting it's Ghost a little bit meeting. of like a town it's like a town hall i loved it this is so <laughs> funny um and basically, they're like, okay, we're, we're, we'll brought you all all here, but really, there's just, it's not all of you that are the offenders, there's just some of you, and Sally's like, alright, just come out and have it, it's me and Will Drake, we're killing people, because they just had killed some reviewers that were there. Right. Um, interesting note that this was not even close to, obviously, all the people that have died in the hotel. Right. We don't get any reappearance from 
um, Naomi Campbell, uh, or the right. hipsters from Silver Lake that right. died. They're referenced, um, but they're not. Or some of them are referenced, but we don't see everyone. You're right. We only see a few of them. We see the realtor, <laughs> um, the the male model, the lumberjack, guy, the the uh, I forget what his name was, the businessman, the who, two twins, and... or the I'm sorry, the, the Swedish girls. So there's got to be like a hipster lumberjack. I mean, they're saying the hotel is almost 100 years old. So there's got to be decades and decades of spirits. Especially with James March having like just killed people. Like where, given maybe not all of them appear as we learn later on that they don't have to appear. That's why we don't see Tristan. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, yeah. We only see like a handful of, of of the cast of characters that we've met throughout the season. Which I get as a narrative device. I guess it'd be confusing if you just have too big a crowd here. But it would have been nice, you know. Maybe they, well, maybe those actors weren't available or something. Some of the, or it's too ones. expensive to get everyone to show up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but but you know, we have this town hall meeting, and surprisingly, March comes in and is like the advocate for not killing because I think. What's your interpretation of why he's against killing here? I think. There's a couple different things he says, but there's also maybe some some well, some underlying reasons of why. Well, what does he say? He says um, it's important to protect the place uh, to keep it. Uh, obviously, the goal is to make it a historic landmark, so it can't be taken down. Obviously, he's passionate about the building. He built it himself, right? Uh, you know, it's his palace, so to speak. And he's he's. I mean, he says he's finished with killing because John Lowe has has served out the re- remaining. Uh, Ten Commandment murders that uh, he had set forth doing, and he feels satisfied or you know complete with with the work that he's attempted to do. And John Lowe finished, so he thinks it might be time to lay low because he I mean did, I think he's satiated. Yeah. I guess. Well, I think part of it is self preservation, obviously, mm-hmm. because he realizes that if this keeps going on, you know, the hotel is going to be, you know, going to have to be shut down and investigated and maybe probably just be like knocked down or something eventually you know if if this keeps happening if they don't turn it into a more respectable place and so there's got to be some self-preservation element to it but uh, yeah the other part is that he he's content now and doesn't feel that impulse to kill that he had for nine decades up until now right yeah um which and i think this is an interesting thing um that doesn't really get addressed ever so it basically sounds like he no longer um, has unfinished business. It sounds like Lowe finished his unfinished business. Right. But interesting note, that doesn't make you disappear. No. Yeah. It I, just means you're done. It, 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 well, the way it appears is if you have unfinished business, you are going to be a ghost, and there's nothing you can do to no longer be a ghost. Right. Because we also see Miss Ever still there. Right. Who, who, who we who had we, thought had... Right, had come to terms with her feelings for... Um, March and then was turned down and said, "All right, enough time spent on you." But she's still there, yeah. Which is kind of a bummer. I don't know. I, I'm curious what in the world, like in this world, what would happen if the hotel was knocked down? If their spirits would pass on, or if, if they, they would, would just, just like haunt the rubble? <laughs> yeah, until something new was built, and they would haunt that. I- interesting to say, but um, Sally and Will Drake are not particularly happy with uh, with this arrangement. But it's you know, weird. Uh, I felt that it was kind of weird to see Will Drake so into killing because he, I don't know, he doesn't seem like he was that like murderous alive. 
and that yeah he got murdered for his money and to take over the hotel which happened but he comes back and maybe it's just the actor Shania Jackson's not selling it to me but it seems really like a 180 for him to just be like yeah I really like murdering well and I think that they tried to like ameliorate that a little bit by when um, the female uh, reviewer runs out of the hotel room and be like this is new to me yeah yeah you know Um, but I I agree with you it didn't seem quite natural and I guess we're supposed to believe that a certain amount of time has passed and maybe he's just hanging around the hotel board and kind of pissed at himself for what happened (laughs) and his business spiraling out of control and the fact that the countess tricked him and stuff and he just had all this anger build up and needed an outlet or something right Also, I mean, it seems like for the most part, other than like Alex, most of these ghosts don't seem to lack kind of the uh, compassion for human life, obviously, that a lot of the other people do. And maybe they don't feel that big a deal about killing people on the hotel premises because they know they come back as ghosts. So maybe that kind of takes away part of the, um, I don't know, the gravity of killings, of actually taking a life. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, so they're they're all pissed about it, and, um, and they've got like a ten year countdown now, though that March sells them on until it becomes a historical landmark. Right. And in the meantime, you know, he threatens Sally with drill bit dildo, which we realize is his uh, the demon he just kind of addiction kinda demon has patrol. I wish Sally. That was one thing that really bummed me out that we didn't get to see drill bit dildo and um, the. Um, addiction demon uh or get any more a little more background on i didn't need i didn't need a whole background episode but just like a quick like one or two something that would just explain a little bit more but a little bit more origin story there just just a sentence or something just so we know how it comes about because it's it's the one piece that just seems so bizarre like a demon i know you know uh, anyway um the, and i liked and i really liked it i just wanted yeah. i agree i wanted more of it uh, I agree with you on that too. What would American Horror Story be without not answering questions at the end and just being weird? For sure, um, I always think like the aliens in Asylum, like they just that just happened and they no, don't really go into it. It's like, well, what was that? <laughs> What's so funny is that well, they kind of had a, I mean. Oh, a different show on FX Fargo kind of did a similar thing with Aliens this season two, where it was like that doesn't really make any sense. I don't get this. <laughs> um, but it, it, they did it. It was well done too. I yeah. love that show. It's great as well. Um, but I want to talk about Sally for a minute. Yes. So obviously, as we'd seen before, she's kind of been absolutely distraught ever since Lo left, and we know that she has these issues with um, being lonely and. Um, seriously lonely. I like that, and I like that Iris is the one that goes to try to help fix this. Like that, like Iris goes after Sally, and Liz goes after Will Drake. But yeah, so right. let's continue with Sally. Yeah, they like they have their targets, and they decide well, we need to satisfy these two ghosts if everyone's gonna. They're the killers, have, right? So uh, the way th- I did not see this coming in in Iris's solution. Um, she gives her a phone and hooks her up to social media, so that way she can not feel she can feel more interconnected. And I did. Uh, well, well, you tell me a little bit about what your your reaction was to this. First, like as she's trying to explain to Sally what this is, I thought first I thought it was gonna be like, oh, this is how she's gonna get Will or uh, John Lowe back into the hotel, right? I thought they were gonna like Facebook stalk him. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as Sally's like tr- like comprehending um, what uh, Iris is telling her. 
she's like, oh, so I'm the ghost in the machine. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be like um, like the ring where she like, can haunt people through social media TVs, or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's like, you know, pretty current. Uh, but no, no, no. They just Sally just gets a online profile for every social media website and gets followers hella fast for some pretty generic hipster photos on Instagram, at least. Um, but loves it and falls in love with all the attention and the connection she's getting with strangers. So, I saw, for some reason, you I helped her. You weren't a fan her. of her lipstick next to the hypodermic needle? I thought that was kind of cool. And she, I like that she was picking her filter for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also loved her name for all her social uh, media sites. Did you see what it was? I didn't see it. It was Sally That Girl. <laughs> Ooh, Sally. Uh, that girl. So emo. I love that. Great. <laughs> that was great. I feel like that was definitely the older millennials picking that out. Um, anyway. But yeah, so she falls in love with social media and she makes connections with everyone. And being alone lost its appeal is what um, – I forget if – I think Liz is still narrating this. And she says, for you know, the, the yeah, being alone lost its appeal for Sally's because she made these connections. I think Liz narrates this entire yeah. episode up until her story ends. Right. And when we get to her story ending, like, I, I think as that was wrapping up, I, I wrote down, like, I feel like this whole season was really Liz's story. And I, I totally agree with you. And I think especially this end, this was, this episode was supposed to feel like that. Yeah. Um, and, like, and acknowledge the sub stories, but kind of... It felt Obviously, like, yeah, Liz that. is the person that we really grew to be our vehicle into this world. Um, when initially it was supposed to be low, but obviously that turned out to be a, a trick. <laughs> but Liz mm. was really the one person that kind of escorted us through the ghosts, the vampires, the murders, the serial killers, the guests. Like, she is around all of that and was always just a human. Right. Yeah, she was like, you're right, she was kind of the... The eyes and ears for us in this mm-hmm. in this world. God, I love um, <laughs> I, I, I debated so much, and I, I think I'm still debating in my head how I feel about this whole Sally social media thing. It's a little weird. Whether it's cheesy. Well, I'm de- it's debating. Like, whether it's cheesy, whether it's trying to make a social statement about... Connections you know, and... Connectivity being, in yeah. the world and stuff like that. Um I or, thought she was or, also going to start catfishing people to come like to the hotel so she could kill him or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been ironic, <laughs> but no. But it, it kind of ends up satisfying her pretty quickly, and she seems to get pretty happy. And I kind of wondered to myself, like, did she ever like go look at John Lowe online and see what happened to him yeah. and stuff like that? Maybe did he didn't have a searching? profile because he, you know. Well, she certainly would have been able to follow a story after the stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah, true. Um, yeah, but that was, that was quite an interesting end that I am still on the fence about. Okay. Yep. Well, That's uh, fair. you know, it, it wasn't, uh, I'm going to address it now, even though we're going to talk about more about John Lowe later, but we don't really come back to this whole Sally thing. You know, we, I feel like with the past few episodes, we were led to believe that there was really going to be some climax or ultimate conflict between the two between, of them. I agree. Exactly. Not, some final even, confrontation. They didn't even interact. Exactly. So I feel like I was a little bit let down in that sense. Like I think that the social media thing is kind of a creative 
way cop for out. someone who yeah, yeah exactly that's what it is it's kind of a creative cop out um they built I, it up so much like remember when john and the family was leaving and he's like i'm gonna so i was like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna murder you and your wife and like oh she's screaming off yeah. of the balcony and she's like even that's even what iris says is you're like you've never been the same since john low left you've been killing people like crazy mm-hmm. so for you know her to just find herself online was a little bit it was a little bit too clean I think, in the end. And a little silly. Which American yeah. Horror Story can totally be silly. Anyway, I don't know. We don't, we, we don't have to spend too much time on it. But, yeah, it was a little... It was fun. It was silly. Exactly. Was it... Was it? Did it pay out Pay out like like the build-up and the tension between the two was supposed to? No. Definitely no. not. So, the other thing I want to talk about is now Will Drake. Obviously, Liz is the one who goes and talks to Will Drake. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we find out what happened to Lachlan, which I was wondering back when Drake was killing people. I was thinking the same thing when, when we f- first see Will Drake. You know, wh- where'd your son go? He just gets shipped off to boarding school. And an important thing to note, I guess, about Drake is that it's no one really knows for sure that he's dead. That's just like right. there's a lot of rumors floating around. And I think he kind of created that story himself after the Countess reports him dead and he shows up and says, nope, I'm still here, you know? Right. Um, so, but his business is still kind of floundering, obviously, because he's not there to have that hands-on control of it. Right. They said you were, uh, I think Iris calls him out during the ghost meeting and says you were too vain and you never, like, put in a, put a person in place that would take over the design or, or the business and keep it moving. So, it's floundering. Well, and the way they kind of end up painting, like, um... Drake's murderous streak is just kind of the ultimate manifestation of all this angst and creative um, art, artist block, basically, that he, he's had, you know, this this creative spiral he's been in for so long. And he, he referenced, he did reference it a number of times throughout the season, things about how, like, he was no longer able to come up with the sketches he once was and, and that sort of thing. And um, it seemed like what they were trying to say is, like, this, now he is, he's just trying to find any sort of uh, fulfillment or, or creative excitement in any form, and he's not really sure how to achieve that. Right. Um, and Liz's idea is just for him to reinvent and keep the company going through her. But she, I mean, it's not like something. There, there was nothing really that uh, uh, catalyzed his new. You know, he's like, I haven't done anything new and something original in 10 years. And Liz goes, well, you should just draw like like he wasn't doing that or something like that. And then I don't know. We do see that like the business rebounds, but I don't we don't know how successful it does get. So I might just like hold the par like standard what it was doing. But I agree. There's nothing really there that seems that would flip on the creative switch and Will Drake. Besides, Maybe, unless she's like his muse or something. I was gonna say, besides Liz posing mm-hmm. for her life when she says she could do it, yeah, or she could be the the muse or the the vehicle that he that he can put his creative work through to get the company back on its feet. Right, and I guess we don't really know what kind of work he's been up to since he's been dead. You know, right. well, whether he's even tried sketching or anything like that, and maybe. It seems like the theme in this episode is being reborn in one way or another. Absolutely. You know? And they say, they mention rebirth like three or four times. Yeah. And everyone's kind of going. And reinvention. and Yeah. yeah going through it in their own way. And so maybe this is kind of him finally embracing his, his rebirth since his death. I did his like. rebirth. Yeah. I did like. So he holds the um, the fashion shows in the Hotel Cortez, of course. 
uh, no photos or cameras allowed. Um, like it, it was very like retro old school the way that Liz is describing it. And I love that the the, the models are all the former or all the guests the, the former guests who are now ghosts who that is a quite quite an attractive group of dead people <laughs> in that hotel. And I love that uh, Angela Bassett uh, is like the anchor of the show comes out and also like poses for her life and just kills it. It's great. It's so great. It was so silly and ridiculous, but I just liked seeing all those people. And Clearly she knew, knew what she was doing out on that runway. Yeah. And um, yeah, that he was like the Howard Hughes character that was like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Liz was saying how, you know, it just, without the crazy, that he was like, hold up in the hotel drawings you know yep. designs um and it was kind of fun to see liz strutting her stuff at uh the business and kind of oh yeah different commanding the boardroom yeah it was just part of it was just kind of like how the hell does liz have time for all this stuff yeah. <laughs> between running the hotel and then running this international she's liz taylor this international lifestyle brand <laughs> yeah and also of course being a grandmother that's right. Oh, that was so sweet. Um, but this was our first kind of introduction to Ramona since the last episode. We kind of were left with a cliffhanger. Right. When she walked um, out, I was like, oh, yeah. And to speak about Ramona for a second, it seems like she just kind of decided... To live there? What the what the hell? I'm going to be like... Yeah. The nope. third partner in this venture and just kind of, you know, work at the the new hotel, I guess. As much as I love Angela Bassett, and as and she was great as Ramona Royale, like they just her storyline didn't, you know, the the two it things fizzled. it did. The two things that kind of gave her purpose were revenge on the Countess, and the one flashback episode where we got this whole long story about her dad getting Alzheimer's, and it was just I don't know, it was a little bizarre and all over the place, which is American Horror Story style. But it, it, it just, I felt like it, you know, she's so great and her character is so rich that you could have hopefully done something a little more um, uh, eloquent with her, with her character. It's a bummer. I, I mean, she still was great and it was fun. It was fine, but it's a good character. Like it could have had, I wish she had a better story. Yeah, I, she didn't get quite the send off. The, the redeeming part of her storyline is that she had that very dramatic entry on the, um, devil's night at mm-hmm. the end which which i think made up for it a little bit it did that still. was great she she's the she's like the muscle outside the hotel because she's the only one besides iris who can go outside right um and so we're introduced to billy dean howard uh reintroduced iris reintroduced obviously the character from murder house who iris brings in in order for liz to channel tristan because that still seems to be kind of an empty hole in her life. Right. At the fashion show, I think she looks to Iris and says, you know, this, this, she misses Tristan. Like, I met Tristan on a night like this, which was the fashion show, if we remember mm-hmm. correctly. And, of course, that's going to just remember or, or, you know, bring up past memories for her. Um, I liked in this scene with Billy Dean Howard in, in the bedroom how the camera kind of swung around the room like it was a spirit circling the room. I thought that was a cool effect. Yeah, I thought this was a well-directed episode. Uh, Bradley Buecher directed this one. Oh, he's done and a he's lot. And he's done a bunch, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do end up connecting with Tristan only to basically have him say he's not interested in talking to Liz. Yeah. Um, she, like, uh, um, Billy Dean Howard says no. And like, they're like, what? And by the way, Dennis O'Hare is killing 
this scene too with his tears and his like hands on his face and oh man he's a fantastic actor um but yeah you're exactly she's saying no he doesn't want to talk to you yeah he i mean he killed the whole season mm-hmm. but you're right um and yeah, he, very curt in his response, and obviously devastating to to Liz. To Liz, yeah. Um, but but closure, I guess, in one form or another. And Iris gets a message from Donovan um, that he's in a happy place, and and basically like remembers has pleasant memories of his childhood with his mother. It's like he's in Pancakes. this eternal, inter, eternal childhood place. Right. I didn't think that this was necessary. I kind of liked the way things ended with them last episode where it was just redemptive in this sense that like Donovan thanked Iris for pulling him off the property so he didn't come back. I don't think that we needed this last reference to Donovan. I 100% agree with you and that is the exact thing I thought. I was like, well, this is really nice. It's pleasant. We don't need it though. We already had the closure last episode or whatever, whichever one Donovan died in. We don't need this. It's overkill. We got it. The only thing that this could have served a purpose for wasn't needed either, which was when Liz looks like hugs Iris and says, "You know, I'm so happy for my friend." Yeah, we're supposed yeah, to like more of a connection between but, them. But. Yeah, I agree. We didn't need this. It was nice. Don't get me wrong. It was really sweet. <laughs> but we well, don't. and that might be my biggest gripe with this episode is is just how it, it made things a little bit too clean. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good example of it. Everyone got to point out a few others, but just like Basically. I kind of liked the little bit of ambiguity. Exactly, I liked a little bit of ambiguity we got it from last episode. Where it was, I mean, Iris's redemption was you could kind of read into it that maybe there was some redemption, but obviously there was still a lot of tension that didn't get resolved. And I kind of liked that. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I wasn't, I, I was, didn't appreciate really how this ended. Right. Um, and Liz goes on to have a, a grandchild and, and so kind sweet. of find like some that. happiness, um, and find happiness in a lot of ways, uh, until she learns she has prostate cancer. I love that line. Like, I found out I'm the only woman ever who's gotten prostate cancer. <laughs> there she was still some, has yeah, a sense of humor ones. even, like, in the face of death. Right. Um, and I like how she convened everybody to essentially, like, kill her as, like, a almost like a, 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 um, a familial, like, a, a touching ceremony, kind of. It was like, you're my family. I want you guys to be the ones to do it. At this point, did you not? Did you know what was going to happen? Like once she once she said she had cancer and she wanted to die in the hotel, I like everything clicked for me. I definitely wondered when the cancer was going to show back show up. I knew it. I knew however, it. however, <laughs> okay. I didn't like how this happened. Okay. I did not because Pray tell. the biggest gripe Liz had in her whole life was that everything was great other in her life in her life other than the fact that Tristan was killed for, like, no reason other than the Countess was a jealous bitch, basically, uh, and, and cut his throat right in front of her. Mm-hmm. And so for her to, like, want, you know, have missed her and want her to come in and be the one to do this, like, very personal, intimate act, I didn't... I, th- I mean, I... I don't know. I, I want to hear your opinion. I was going to say, I totally... I, I get what you're saying, and I do... I, I do have some of those feelings as well. I also want to remind you we've been watching a show where a lot of people have tried to commit revenge on another person who they absolutely hate and then they hook up with them. So it's it's a little like all these people have these soft spots for these people that they quote unquote hate. Um, but I think the closure that we got with Tristan 
um, putting, uh, rebuffing um, Liz with through through Billy Dean Howard may have been the closure Liz needed to understand that okay, I ha- what Howard Tristan was great, but also maybe that one thing. Yes, the Countess is a selfish bitch, but she was her friend who helped her transform initially to become the woman that she is today. I think that those feelings and emotions may be flooded back in. And I mean, when she opens the door right before everyone's about to like, like massacre Liz, like <laughs> um, she, she's like, I, she says, uh, I didn't realize until she walked through the door, how much I actually kind of missed her. And yeah, I think it's right. because I mean, she initially helped her. I mean, she, for like years, she was the one who helped her become this woman. Well, you're right, and even, as much as a, as much of a dick as the Countess was, yes. she was the one who, like she said, created yeah. Liz Taylor. The Countess, she, was she named her terrible. You know? She was selfish and vain, but she did have love for certain people and certain, as she said to Liz, like you are always my favorite creation or something along those lines. So mm-hmm. I think there is a bond and there is a, a, a relationship there, but I do agree. It's so easy to just say like, oh yeah, we're cool. Like, without any, you know, extrapolation on how we got from A to B, or in this part, B to C. And so there's a very, you know, obviously intimate scene in which uh, the Countess slits her throat. Um, And this is, uh, slits her throat, and a single tear runs down her cheek. Um, So we see that compassion from, from the Countess. It's like, it reminds me of, like, when you see movies or read books that where these two um, people who used to be such good friends and then they become, um, you know, arch nemesis and then they battle it out and they're both going to die ultimately the end. And they, they just have this understanding like, how do we get here? But like, God damn it. I love you. <laughs> like it's because of like these feelings right. that, that I care so much. And it was also nice to see the Countess like emoting um, mm-hmm. here because well, while last we saw her, she was in almost like a vegetative kind of trance right. since she had died and turned into a ghost. Right. You know? Yeah. So maybe maybe in some sense, this was a little bit of closure for the Countess as well. Um, I loved that 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 Liz got the whole family of ghosts there, and she tells them what's going on, and they all immediately like, "We'll get you the best doctors. What we can help you. We'll do whatever we need to do." Because they actually care for her now a lot. And, and she's like, no, 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 I want to die here. And, and basically says, like, you guys are my family outside of her mm-hmm. grandchild and her children, which I love that we got to have that, too. But the point is, if she dies there, then she can continue to see them, her grandchild and her son and uh, daughter-in-law, which is sweet. Yeah. Um, and of course. Oh, go ahead. And I was going to say, and of course, she, after she dies, she is, next thing we, we see is her standing above her own, own body, kind of reflecting. Lighting a cigarette, even though she mm-hmm. just had cancer. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. I liked that. And, and who appears behind her, but oh God, Tristan. Tristan, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Of course he did. He just wanted her to live, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was why he said no and didn't give absolutely any other context for why he was being kind of a jerk you had more life to live uh, it, it was kind it of sweet me, but it was also kind of like oh god i rolled my eyes it, it reminded me of one of these movies and maybe it's black beauty or, or like one of these like old movies with like a, an animal that like 
a little like a boy be friends or something and eventually he's got to release the animal back into the wild and he's like he has to be mean to it to get it to leave oh that's harry you know and I mean? the, harry and the hendersons was that for me he's <laughs> so, like punching and hitting um harry. he's like sobbing as they're yeah, doing like, that get like, out of here we hate you and he's like crying like <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's so sad. Like, I can't not cry in that so, so Tristan was watching Harry and the Hendersons in the yes. afterlife and yeah. decided he had to do that to Liz in order to get her to go live her life. Yeah. Uh, but they have their, their touching ending. Was this, Well, and that's what I want to ask you, I guess, is like, was this as touching for you as it was intended to be? Um, I think overall it was. I loved I I almost wished the episode had ended with Liz in this scene and not necessarily just with Tristan at the end but with like the ghost family all together. Um I, I it was it was touching. It was sweet. Yeah, they're all dead, but they're all happy and dead together. Um it worked for me. It, it had its flaws, but overall I thought it was pretty successful and I was happy. What did you think? Too clean? I don't know. I just hate it when Tristan talks. <laughs> I would have preferred if there was like it, we ended Liz's story like with him like appearing in the doorway or something like that, you know, and then just cut away. I like that something... too. I agree. Instead of like having an actual talk, like a, like yeah, I I agree. I make me think a little bit more. Don't give me everything on the platter. Yeah, there's just the, there was there's just some things that lack subtlety for me in, in this. Um, but um, you know, I'm obviously I'm happy for Liz and, and I love that as a character. And this was like we said, kind of the end of her story and the end of her narration. And I, I would say, and I'll ask you this at the very end of the episode, but in terms of characters we have seen in, in all of the seasons, not just this one, Liz Taylor is going to rank for me um, among the best, among the best for sure. I would say top five for sure yes yes i might ask you to name those top five. Oh gosh um but but yeah among the top five for sure can i um, point out one more thing before we move on to the other please do yeah, yeah. um so th- this obviously we talked about uh with each other but i think we did um but this is one of the few only like two times i think that we see the countess lady gaga won the golden globe Mm-hmm. She won the Golden Globe against Kirsten Dunst and Fargo, and then two Academy Award winners or nominees, um, nominees, Queen Latifah mm-hmm. and Bessie, and Felicity Huffman in American Crime, and then Sarah Hay, who I don't I don't know who she was. Lady Gaga won an award over these other women. I have not seen these other performances, um, but. I know we talked about how we thought Lady Gaga wasn't a good actress, and then she had a really good episode. What are your thoughts on her performance? Sorry. No, it's fine. Tyler just turned the lights oh, out. I started talking about I... Felicity Huffman, and he got all hot and bothered and had to turn the lights <laughs> off. <clears throat> I, I, I'm just, I, I think she was great. I think she was good. Do I think she was the best actress um, in all of not only American Horror Story, but uh, uh, compared to these other actresses, I don't think so. I don't want to sound negative because I thought she did a great job, but I, I just really, I, I'm, I don't believe it. I feel like, and I read a bunch of stuff that says like, oh, like she lobbied hard and Ryan Murphy like bought it for her and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sound too negative because she did a good job, but really? She Golden did a Globe, good job. Like, I think, well, Dennis O'Hare I, yeah. should be nominated for Golden Globe. Well, and that's the thing. So the first thing Angel is Bassett, I haven't seen... Mayor Winningham. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of those other um, performances either, except for I have seen Kirsten Dunst in Fargo. 
yeah. and she is terrific. She is really good. I really want dare to see I say that. I think she was better than Lady Gaga. Oh yeah. In, this I season, um, and, and that's not are. even saying that Lady Gaga was bad. It's just saying Ooh. that uh, mm-hmm. you know this was her first big like acting Foray role, and, and I acting. thought she did awesome yeah. for that. We came in with like not big expectations for her, and we, I think she exceeded yeah. those tremendously. I just don't think that she should be winning awards for it necessarily already. Just not especially yet. when it wasn't that great. Yeah, especially when like you said, Dennis O'Hare absolutely killed it this season. This was without a doubt his season. It was Liz Taylor's. Story was the story you cared about more than just about yeah. anything else. Um, I feel like this the only was other... the Jessica Lang, you know, memorial memoriam award, <laughs> like that. She right. They have to give someone something, and they lobbied for Gaga instead of anyone else, which is sad. But yeah, the only other person that I enjoyed probably as much, uh, yeah, even a fraction as much. I know who you're as is is Evan Peters? Evan Peters, Marsh. yeah. And to who be, I un- thought was terrific yeah. for him. Um, and Sarah Paulson was way better too. <laughs> like you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, she didn't have as no, big of a part. Sally this year, was great. Anyway, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure we address that as we go forward. If she wins the Emmy, I don't know. I mean, again, like I think she's great, but I don't think she's the best. I sorry, I really and I like Lady gets, Gaga. Gets rid of trying to be mean, but anyway, good yeah. for her. No, no, I get it too. Well, especially with this after this final episode, maybe yeah, when we get to the Emmys, they'll they'll rethink Dennis O'Hare as a candidate and throw him on yeah. there because he definitely deserves it. Although we've been pushing also for Frances Conroy every season because she's always been so good and she doesn't really get nominated very often, which is sad. Maybe, she's so good. Maybe because she's so tangential in these, I guess she's. I mean, she plays good characters, but she's always always like the fourth, fifth, sixth lead. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. uh, this was a much more prominent role for Liz yeah. Taylor in this season. And Kathy Bates, even though her character isn't that great, it's Kathy freaking Bates, you know? She's won an Oscar. She's an amazing actor. Anyway, okay, enough of this. We could do a whole episode on this. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Just had to get that off my chest. Too. Well, no, I think it's worth, it's certainly worthwhile discussing, and especially because it just happened. But yeah. I think you definitely make some good points. Um, and, yeah, so we kind of wrap up Liz's story. Liz's story there. Um, she transforms now we Devil's move Night. forward in time to devil's night in 2022 is what I was wrote it 2022 okay because i I, th- yeah. I wrote down 2020 it went by pretty quickly um Maybe so 2026 i years think later. is the year they say you know, 2026 is right. the year that it becomes a historical landmark so we're still getting close to that but what we learn that has kind of happened since then is that billy dean howard has um kind of become infatuated with the hotel cortez uh has filmed a lot of her tv show episodes there just because obviously there's so many dead spirits there to talk to and it's kind of made it a novelty where these people just show up that are not necessarily the type of clientele that liz and iris are interested in it seems like maybe more like thrill seekers who are there because the ghosts are there they're yeah they're wanna be uh, ghost hunters uh, not just that. Specifically, apparently, some of them are there to have sex with the go- with like <laughs> is it... that businessman ghost. That I missed that. That's funny. Didn't she? Say... I'm here to have sex with the Did ghost. She's... Remember, she said something. I said something about like how Mr. Wu was plowing people or something like that. His, Who is Mr. Wu, by the way? Group. Is that was that the businessman? He... Okay, I think that it's the businessman that the two Swedish girls killed. Yeah, that's right. Okay, because yeah, I do remember them saying like Mr. Wu likes it in the. Not so, I don't know something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. yeah. Okay. So it's it's become kind of a novelty, and so um, 
we kind of see some different clips of, of Billy Dean Howard's show, but the person that she has yet, the person she's been seeking the most has been John Lowe. John Lowe, who has, uh, who, who appears for the first time here. And I, when he, when I first saw him, I didn't think about it being Devil's Night and that being the reason he was there. Right. I was thinking to myself, like, did he die here and we didn't know about it? What's going That's, on here? I was thinking the same thing. I was like, is he a ghost? What's he doing? Did he show up for this? And so he he meets with Billy Dean Howard um, to do like a interview, and um, I guess this is how we know he's dead is the fact that he doesn't appear on camera, right? And so they have a conversation, and she asks him some kind of critical questions. And also, so a lot has happened between the last time we saw Low and now. Obviously, people know he was the Ten Commandments killer, which was not necessarily the case before. I think it was still kind of out. Um, the jury was out, and he was on the run, obviously. He was not at the Hotel Cortez, and he was still with Alex and Scarlett and Holden. Um, it doesn't right. seem like any of those things are the case anymore. And so we kind of get some background information through this device in which she's interviewing him. Which actually, is, if you think about it, is a little bit like uh, some of the parts in Asylum where... Um, Lana. Yeah, with Lana's interviews. Yeah. Um, but he kind of becomes a, he continues to be a vigilante. She's asking like the family realized that he was a killer. And it sounds like Alex certainly knew at least, um, whether or not Scarlett and Holden, Holden just has like a fried brain. So who knows what's going on with him? Um, whether or not Scarlett caught into that, it almost doesn't seem like it. I don't know if Scarlett, well, she must've eventually, obviously it must've came out, um, which makes for a very, even more strange and way this kind of all ends with them. Um, but we, we kind of see this scene of them returning home after kind of some, um, difficulty out in the world in which they're embraced by Ramona and Iris and Liz back at the hotel. Um, except for Scarlett who gets sent off to the same boarding school as Lachlan. Yeah. There's a good, uh, you know, sequel story later on with Lachlan and Scarlett probably dating or something like that. And... That's what I was going to say. Do they get together? Oh, of course they do. And then they'll show up at some other season of American Horror Story. I, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> Poor Scarlet. I uh, thought she was wise and would just get the H out of there. I know. So Lowe continues his killing in L.A., but he's kind of like Batman. He, he kills for good, you know. Is that supposed to redeem him? I want to ask justice. you this. Like, so is, is does he get redemption because he's he's a vigilante? But he was always a vigilante. Right. I mean, that's how he justified everything in his but mind. But some of them were all these people bit, deserved it. Right. Like, but when you see, like, you know, killing someone because they were having an affair. Yeah. It's yeah. a little aggressive. No, it doesn't redeem him at all. But I think he's a psycho. And so this is how he justified it to himself because of his um, ultimate, you know, his, his other personality as a cop. The, the one interaction I wish I could have seen, which maybe it's good they left it open, but John Lowe and the Countess. That'd, yeah, that would have been kind of cool. Oh, because because he killed her, killed yeah. Her. Yeah, there. I mean, there was a, there was a number of face to faces we didn't get that would have been interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not going to get everything, but and that, that that one that one intrigued me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, anyway, so he, yeah. he he we we see the scene. We end up seeing him be 
pursued by the police and, and die, you know, a few feet away from. He crawls because he's like, I gotta die. I gotta get die inside. I gotta die inside. He want because he, he loves it there, and he can't make it. Well, he so that's he, why he's here. I think he doesn't. He make it. I thought he does make it. He makes it to the sidewalk. But I don't think he makes it to the premises of the hotel. I think he can, he can obviously only come on Devil's Night. He didn't actually die on the. Oh, hotel. I see. I see. Okay, that uh, that makes sense because that's why he says later on be- to his daughter, "Like I'm because- sad if I close my eyes because it'll be over." Yeah, he can only come once a year, and that's why. Yeah, that's why he makes those comments. Is he didn't quite make Duh. it close enough? I was being stupid. <laughs> No, I, I I get what you're saying because that's like close to where Donovan died and stuff like that. But yeah, and, and well, in the way they made it sound, obviously that's what he was going for, but he didn't quite make it there in time. Um, and so he's there for Devil's Night, and he offers to show Billy Dean uh, like an inside look at Devil's Night if she comes by herself without the camera crew. And so we get to revisit some of these really fun characters we had early on in the season, and probably one of my favorite episodes of the season, the Devil's Night episode, in which we get to see. Jeffrey Dahmer again. We get to see John Wayne Gacy, uh, Zodiac, Eileen Warnos, which which was really kind of a blast. Um, yeah, and they get you know uh, Billy Dean all woozy on absinthe. I know. I was uh, like, girl, don't drink that. Yeah, essentially to threaten her um, to leave the hotel alone. This is obviously. Uh, because Liz and, and part Iris were worried. Mar- yeah, and probably part of March's plan just to keep attention away from the hotel so that way nothing bad, bad happens to it. Um, and yeah, the, the obviously the big dramatic part of this was when Billy Dean was like, you can't make me, you guys can't leave the premises, you know, you guys are dead, you can't leave the premises, or you only come out once a year or whatever. She seems to catch on to exactly what like the deal is with these ghosts pretty quickly. I guess she's a psychic for ghosts. Um, but it was a very dramatic moment when Ramona comes in and says, But I can. Oh, God, it was great. It was great. Yeah, that was kind of the, the closure we got up for Angela Bassett, which it wasn't much, but it was, it was good. And then she agrees and she runs off and... Um, Never returns, and the hotel is in a good place. And so this, of course, ends with John Lowe returning to Classic Room 64. I was, I, I, it took me a second to realize this was Scarlet. I thought it was like a babysitter. Or oh, I knew it. I, I, yeah, I figured pretty quickly. And, yeah, Alex and Holden are asleep. And, uh, okay, this is weird to me on a number of levels. It was weird that he climbed into bed with them, and she just kind of sat there and watched them. Also so weird, weird that, like... After all the shit that they put her through, that Scarlet is still like such a devoted daughter. What are daughter. you doing? Yeah, they they were terrible to you. They favored. They were the your worst brother. parents ever. They and still do. They, and they both even admitted that they didn't really care about her. <laughs> like Scarlet, you need to go back to Grandma's house. Uh, she maybe she just has some issues from her childhood. Well, obviously, how how could she not? <laughs> but uh, I just thought, like, why, why would she feel that way toward them? You know, I think it was supposed to be, and that's the thing. It was supposed to be like a clean, more happy ending, but that didn't make any sense logically. Right? Like, Scarlet would hate them, and like, she knows by now that Lo was the Ten Commandments killer. There's no way that she is just cool with that. Right? I don't know. 
I don't know, and he comes into bed to disappear for another year and miss his family. And he, it, Lo got his cake and ate it too. He gets to still, his family's still together, and yep. they have that touching moment where he's in the bed and Scarlett's on the chair. and Which I did not find touching or that, that compelling. I, I found it creepy. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like Alex, never did. Don't like Holden, he's weird. John, I think he was one of the weakest characters of this whole season. <laughs> Scarlet, I liked even adult Scarlet. I liked more than any of these other people, and she completely frustrated me for making the choice to be part of this family still. Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends at two twenty-five a.m. in the bar, where the music goes off, and kind of a Donovan look-alike, I would say, walks into the bar, and the Countess uh, hits him with the cla- well. So first, first of all, of all the says, Countess and her boobs. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That oh was a my very big <laughs> Um And the guy says he's meeting friends, but then she calls him out that he's not. She's like, "No, you're not." Was that was so? I was thought... he just there to like get laid, or what was? I wasn't quite sure what that. Oh, meant. I think he was. I think she was changing his mind, and be like, "No, you're gonna come hook up with me." And, oh, and in a she, past, was, she was. She was gonna. Mur- she was seducing him. Is how I took it. She was. She was glamming him. Okay, so he was there to meet friends, and she was just like. Nah, you're gonna have sex with me. And but she yeah. doesn't have to drink blood anymore, so maybe she wants to kill him. I don't know. That's what I wanted to ask you. What's the takeaway from that final scene? Is it that murdering is gonna continue in the Hotel Cortez? Well, what's her line here? You have a jawline for days. You got jawline for um, days because she used to slip the right under the jaw. I think is what. But I that thought. line. But they also said that line. Someone said that line. Oh. Before in this season, right? So. Maybe about Tristan. Someone said, I have a... No, it was Donovan. Donovan said, I've got a jawline for days. Yeah. So maybe... So is that a line that's like saying she misses Donovan and she like realizes what she had? Right. And I, th- I think it's no coincidence that the guy looks very much like Donovan. Oh, and maybe the fact is... It's on YouTube. You have a jawline for days. That's what she says about him after he dies. It's it's that's a, right. First, yep. or, Your boy has jawline for days. He says it to Iris, right Donovan. after he he ODs on drugs. Yeah, and so obviously that was a reference to Donovan. Yeah. And maybe maybe what we're supposed to maybe that's a lot deeper than we realized. And what happens is she's finally moved on from Valentino and like realized she can what, still have uh, something with someone else as a ghost. Well. Well, I mean, what she maybe she realizes what she had with Donovan and never appreciated, you know. And so maybe Wait. it's more tragic an ending than we realized, because she's saying uh, that. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. I maybe I'm just I looked searching at it for as more of a kind of like a reincarnation of the the site. The story is cyclical, so it's going to continue on. Yeah. Continue. Well, I think she's continuing to look. I don't think that she's going to kill him. I think that she. Is gonna have sex with him and is just continue. <laughs> Your cat just flew from the catch to that dresser and then fell off. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. Hang on a sec. Get out of here. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um. What was the last thing well, I was saying? Well, so that was... So, okay, so can I ask you some questions about this episode? Yeah, please do. What 
was missing for you? We've hit on a few things, but what other, is there anything else that didn't happen that you think should have happened? I wanted more than I wanted the face to face between I wanted a conflict between um, John Lowe and Sally, I th- I, as I mentioned before. I agree. Um, I wanted more of an ending for Ramona. It just seemed like it fizzled a little bit. Um, I wanted more. I wanted to be less clean, and I wanted to be more ambiguous and maybe a little bit darker than it was. Um, I wanted. Yeah, it was too nice and tidy for me and not, um, everyone kind of had too happy of an ending, I guess I would say. Um, yeah, it was, those things I was missing for sure. And I, a little bit more nuance just would have been nice. Like you said, it felt like an epilogue, which was a really interesting, um, approach that I hadn't quite expected for this episode but like obviously there wasn't that much story left to tell it felt like it was culminating at this point in time yeah um but it didn't seem like American horror story at all really it just felt like it was kind of a slow resolutions I guess what I feel like this episode was missing was a a climax of any kind it just kind of seemed anticlimactic and I guess the climax was supposed to be two things i think it was supposed to be in the two storylines liz dying in one and i think in the second one it was supposed to be them threatening billy dean yeah we had two episodes here Uh, mm -hmm. but neither one of those felt that dramatic to me no again liz's was much more of an epilogue Mm -hmm. which which can work for a season finale because you know if you think of a narrative arc generally the the penultimate the, the 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 I don't know what the name is for the one right before the penultimate, but those two is when you're hitting your peak and then you, 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 you know, you taper off at the bottom and you find some resolution. Um, but there's still a, a little, it needs to pack a little punch in the final episode, but it didn't really do that for us. It sounds yeah. like I, I agree with everything that you said that you were missing in this. I was missing that as well. Um, what do you think? Well, what, what you you go ahead i i have like things that i think are for future seasons and stuff like that but what is there anything else you want want to cover for this episode not specifically for this episode i think that we've kind of covered it pretty well in depth um Uh-oh. oh frozen did i freeze can you hear me i can still hear you oh there yeah i can hear you okay sorry okay no that's okay we're back um, there's nothing else specific to this episode, but now I want to kind of go into this season, how it fits into everything else as a whole. Perfect. Before we talk about that, um, I read a really great theory that was posted on our Facebook wall, and a, a, much thanks to the person that did that, um, from TV Guy. Did you see this one? Uh, I probably did, but I forgot it. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to share it with everybody, because yes. I think this is pretty solid. And it's the, the theory that kind of unifies all the different American Horror Story seasons how they're connected which brad Mur- or ryan murphy's always said that they're connected and um, i think there's been a lot of contrived theories here but this one is the most makes the most sense to me in a unifying way and essentially the theory is that each season represents a um a ring of hell from dante's inferno for those of you who don't remember 
Um, Dante's Inferno was obviously a 14th century um, piece of classic literature in which this character, it's an epic poem in which this character travels through all these different levels of hell. Each hell is reserved for a different kind of sin. These people um, committed in life and this eternal punishment that they're supposed to suffer. And he's looking for his lover as he passes through all these different um, uh, layers of hell. And um, the nine layers of hell are, there's nine of them, there's lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery. And there's also limbo, which is kind of the the outside that doesn't really count. So there's really eight important ones. But so here's this is how the article outlines the different how each season could potentially be a circle, and I think it makes a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, Murder House is lust because everyone in Murder House was imprisoned by their own lust and inability to control their carnal appetites. Examples of this: Ben cheating on Vivian, um, Tate raping Vivian, Patrick cheating on Chad, Larry having an affair with Constance, whose husband raped Mora, on and on. Asylum, it's fraud. And um, the examples for this include nearly everyone in Briarcliff suggests uh, struggles against some sort of fraud, including the seducer Shelley, the corrupt members of the Catholic Church, the uh, manipulative imposter Oliver Threadson, Dr. Arden taking on a new identity. Yep. All these different examples of fraud. Uh, Treachery for Coven. Obviously, the main continuing thread throughout this season is revenge. Obviously, that's a recurring one through all the different seasons. A lot of them, but But, uh, that's driving that uh, season. Right, and I guess in the Inferno, treachery covers a special kind of relationship, the betrayal of family ties, community ties, uh, or relationships with guests or liege lords, which sounds familiar as Cordelia is betrayed by her husband, Hank, and also betrays her mother Fiona, and um, Kyle or Kyle's mother betrays him with mm. her weird incestual stuff, so on and so forth. Freak show is greed because obviously all these characters were driven by greed. Elsa Mars, all she wanted was fame and fortune and money, and um, Dennis O'Hare and Emma Roberts. Uh, yeah, Emma Roberts' character in that too. And so this season they said is gluttony, which, I mean, because life in the Hotel Cortez is just completely defined by excess, um, whether it's drugs, sex, blood and violence and gore, all that stuff. I think that's pretty fitting. It was, you know, pretty... I agree. Place. I feel like the body count for this season is far above any other seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really interesting unifying theory and makes a lot of sense. So that being said, the the circles of hell that have not yet been covered, this is not these are not in order. Because um, in Dante's Inferno, the final circle of hell is treachery. And in treachery, uh, Satan, the demon of Satan, which is three, I think it's three-headed, is uh, up to his waist in a lake of ice, stuck in this lake of ice, and is has three heads, and two of the heads are chewing eternally chewing on Brutus and Cassius um, with their legs in his mouth and the middle mouth is chewing on Judas Iscariot with his head in his mouth just an interesting fact that I always <laughs> you can plot it a tribute Nerd alert. or something like that but yeah but basically basically the point being we're not traveling through these different circles uh, chronologically um, but those ones that it still leaves then are anger which anger has taken a lot of different forms, obviously, throughout the seasons. But a season where anger is the main theme. And um, we have not seen 
we've seen violence in a lot of forms, but we have not. I mean, if you interpret this as to being the truth, there's not been a a season completely defined by violence. And um, I guess the last one is her- heresy, which I'm not really sure what form that season would take. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting unifying theory because a lot of people are trying to connect all the seasons, and I think that was the the most. It made the most sense of anything I've heard so far. So, that being the case, um, I wanted to discuss the big picture and all these seasons as a whole, and I would like you to do what we normally do in the season finale and uh, rank the seasons. I can easily do that because I wrote this out before ahead of time. Um, I will. Okay, before we move on, actually, should we first, can we rank the episode and give the season a review as a whole? This current one, and then yeah. we can rank them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. We didn't do that yet. Yeah, I give, absolutely. I give the season, or sorry, I give the uh, final episode four stars out of five. I know that seems a little strong, but that's because it's heavily weighted on Liz. Um, I almost said Liz Fair, <laughs> Liz uh, um, Taylor's uh, arc and how it wraps up. Even though it's super sweet. I think it was great. It was strong. She was clearly the most compelling character that we were with. And I do truly agree, uh, believe that she was like, this season really was her story. Um, I, I, I'm bummed that we didn't get anything with the demon at the end. And I'm bummed that we didn't get to see like, I, 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 I feel like I'm still upset about this. You can't kill off Queenie from a season and not a, even like, kind of circle back and address it in some form like did she get out did she survive whatever like not she doesn't need to become a character in this season but you know that's that's just it just seems unfair and not not right anyway um so i give it four stars what do you give it is that your rating for the episode uh, for the episode and the season sorry i also give the season four stars I think that would, that would be about my average for all the episodes anyway. It was solid. wasn't amazing. wasn't terrible. I had I enjoyed the season as a whole. I would totally recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was much more uh-huh. cohesive and um, tighter uh, narrative-wise and story-wise with, with uh, the writing as opposed to previous seasons where shit's all over the place. Totally agreed. I'm definitely in agreement. Hold on one second. I need to plug in my charger for this computer. Yes. While he's doing that, I will talk about um, how also I really hope that they keep this up with um, more of a focused uh, storyline. It's much more, uh, it's more, it's it's much more driven by uh, a strong narrative arc as opposed to stuff just all over the place. Where one of my biggest beefs with a lot of what American Horror Story does is there's too many individual storylines that are happening, so they all. Everyone's off doing their own story. Tyler's coming back. Hey, I was just saying that one of my biggest beefs is that there are too many individual storylines happening often. So when I think of that, I think I'm thinking of like Alex, you know, getting the kid with measles for blood and making all that thing happen. Yeah, there are sort of repercussions down the line, but does it really drive the narrative too much? Like she was supposed to be the nanny for Bartholomew. Where what happened to the Bartholomew? Um, and that it just seems when everyone has their own storyline, there's too many storylines and too many things to wrap up at the end for a ten episode or sorry twelve episode season. Um, 
I like what they do in other shows, and I, I know this is a completely different genre, but like Modern Family, they pair people up. They, you have your main characters, and they pair people up, and then you see these you know adventures that happen between people. I like when storylines coincide and they and they intersect and they work with each other to drive a certain narrative or or message forward. I hate it when there's like 15 storylines happening with individuals off doing their own thing. It can work sort of, but it, I don't think it's a successful model to, to 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 use. And it was better this season, but it still wasn't great. I would say Walking Dead too. One of my favorite yes. um, ways they do it is the best. Ep- their best episodes are the ones where instead of focusing on the entire group and all the different stories, it's when we get a couple characters, a few characters together in a very specific situation. Which this season they did um, a great job of. Right, and so uh, I agree with you. And I wonder if part of that is because you know you're able to get such star power for some of these for American Horror Story because you're only really people are only really committing to one season at a time, and part of the. Th- thing the problem the only problem with that obviously it's exciting to see all these awesome big name people in a show is that when you're billing these people like who are all like movie stars pretty much under their own right everyone from absolutely um kathy bates angela bassett um chloe sevigny uh, matt bomer I mean, Dennis O'Hare, all these people who are like Movie ha- have very strong credentials behind them. You you want to give them? I'm sure the writers feel obligated to give them. I mean, they probably get even get this instruction from Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. They want to give these stars lip service for taking the time to be on the show. And I think, unfortunately, that can end up taking away from it a little bit. I do think that. I keep coming back to Fargo, but it's such a good show and it's so well done. And especially in this most recent season, you had characters like Nick Offerman played a character that was not really nice. a very big character in the show. But it was very, when he came into the show, it was all like very critical scenes and um, he had fantastic dialogue. And I think that. And I'm sure it helped move the story. Exactly. And I think that it, it, the writers need to be. Okay with being a little bit more, um, well, they're just like not feeling like you need to create a whole storyline for these star- stars, but to be more gentle with how you're integrating them into a story. That's a really good point. I maybe part of the reason they that I mean Ryan Murphy has a lot of star power pull because of what he's done with his career, but I feel like maybe these like you like he promises these storylines to these actors and actresses like oh and this is what's gonna happen and it's gonna be amazing and they'll sign on for it as opposed to coming up with a story first and then saying hey I mean there American Horror Story is so successful now that people will want to be a part of it so why don't you write I, I may, again this is all speculation I have no idea but write a, a compelling amazing story scary story first and then see who wants to be a part of it absolutely um yeah and maybe that and is so, what they're doing but i don't know but it seems like everyone hey and then and then hey chloe you can you're gonna make this child zombie army of vampires and and then you're gonna lock them in and then you're gonna have this mother-son relationship edible story i don't know you know what i mean like again i'm picking on that one because i don't like her character and her storyline sucked but yeah Anyway, sorry. So this speaking is, this of, is <laughs> no. Um, so speaking of obviously, um, star power and stuff like that. I want to ask you two quick questions. First one is: Were you disappointed we didn't have a Jessica Lange cameo anywhere in this season, especially at the end? 
I'm not. You know, it would have been great, but I think it would have been a little bit overkill. I'm happy that she's taking a breather and she's not doing it. it of course, it would have been great, but I don't feel uh, less because I didn't see it. You know, it was fine. Yeah. Wait, what did you give the season? Another thing I'm. A rating? Sorry. Not yet. I wanted to ask oh, you okay. questions. My bad. My bad. Quick. Okay. Yeah. What's the other one? Uh, and the second question I wanted to ask you is, how did you feel about the Billy Dean Howard return of her? I didn't really ask you about that. Uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. Um, I think like it was out there that Jessica, or sorry, uh, Sarah Paulson was going to um, come back as the psychic and as the TV, sh- as like basically like Long Island medium type of a character. Um, I thought she, it was great. It was fun. Her wig was terrible, <laughs> but uh-huh. um, I Jessica. I'm, God, I keep saying that Sarah Paulson is so talented. Again, Bet and Dot. She was fantastic in Freak Show with that. So I love the more Sarah Paulson we can get, the better. I so I was cool with it, and she did a good job. Uh-huh. I, I, uh-huh. It was interesting too because we didn't really get to know. Um, I almost said Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Billy Dean Howard. <laughs> in season one because she's only really there for like two episodes kind of right something like that so it was kind of cool well and i but i would say also that was like a little bit my that i felt like they were kind of holding out that like her return was going to be really was supposed to be like a big deal that is a but really it, good point and it wasn't but it didn't feel like that big a deal to me because like you said she wasn't not she was not my favorite character no, in definitely Murder house she wasn't my first second third fourth or fifth favorite character if constance showed up we would have been like oh tight but when when bright or god uh, um billy dean howard shows up it's like oh wow they have the same initials bryce dallas howard billy dean howard (laughs) that's what you're thinking (laughs) yeah yeah. um because i wrote bdh down anyway uh yeah i agree i agree it's not it's not it's not it's not her appearance doesn't warrant a climax of a finale it was mm-hmm. cool, but it wasn't right, right, right. And so that kind of all brings me up into my review of this episode. And, and I've already talked about kind of my what I felt like were my, were my deficiencies. Obviously, my favorite part was probably the Liz Taylor narration, and um, like you were saying, the arc of her story a little bit. Was not a big fan of any of the real John Lowe stuff, um, except I did like when Ramona burst into the room at the when they were threatening her during the. I love. And I really. That. And I really liked seeing Eileen Mornos and John Wayne Gacy and those guys again because I thought that, that was fun. Like I said, that was probably my favorite episode of the season. How much hair do you think um, Angela Bassett fake hair does she have on? Because her hair was ridiculous. It was oh, it was right. awesome. <laughs> she must be heavy. Yeah. Um, sorry. So I'm gonna. I would say this episode was for me three and a half. Okay. Which for a finale is is a little, a little bit weak. Little I, weak. I admit. But but I will say that I don't want that to take away from the whole you know scheme of the whole season which i would also give a four like you and um, it's a solid it's a solid b you know i think i think that the season was better than the last than the finale if that makes sense i think that the season deserved a better finale because i think it was pretty well done overall i do i think that it was a lot tighter i like that there wasn't quite as many characters and weird storylines that we were kind of going on here and there or like you know, in past seasons, we have a lot of one-shot storylines where an episode will take us in a completely different direction that we never revisit. Um, we didn't have a lot of that this season, which I appreciated. Things were a lot, a lot more cohesive and um, introduced us to some of my potential favorite characters we'd ever seen, like Liz Taylor, and also some of my least favorite characters we've ever seen, like Tristan. Um, That's right, you did not like Tristan. I do not like Tristan. <laughs> and so... 
I think it was a balance of both. Um, so I think the yeah between Liz Taylor and James March and uh, the Devil's Nights episode and I'm trying to think of some of the other episodes that I really loved. Um, the one where Liz Taylor meets her son was a great oh. one, and uh, Iris makes her memorial video and stuff was fantastic. That was oh, so I funny. Loved that a lot. Um, there were some really good episodes. Some really good episodes. We do. We've always enjoyed it when the show has a sense of humor but doesn't go overboard with it. Yes. Uh huh. And so I, I think a four is a pretty solid score. And so now that we kind of um, have both come to that agreement, so to speak. Where does this fit for you, or do you want me to present mine first? I can give you mine right now. Yeah, hit me. You wrote yours. So, I think, I mean, if if our listeners have been with us since the beginning, a lot of it hasn't changed But for me, but, like, where this one fits in. So, the number one for me is still Asylum. Number two, Murder House. Number three, Hotel. Number four, Coven. Number five, Freak Show. So Coven, I'm sorry, so Hotel fits right there in the middle. Um, it had moments where it's like, oh, man, I want to push it up. But then it had a few moments where like, nah, I got to drop you back down a little bit. But fits right there in the, the sweet spot middle. I, and I, that means I liked it. Like, it was good. It was good. It was, ha- I was I, as I said, while you were getting your thing, I, I, I like uh, that it's much more of a focused uh, storyline and not too much crap all over the place. It had its moments of horror, which I appreciated. And a lot of cringing for me during the gory sections, um, but all, all overall, I think it was a solid, solid entry in the American Horror Story anthology. What, what, what how do you rank it? So my first is always been Murder House. and continues to be Murder House. Now here's where I was getting into a little bit of a debate with myself mm. because um, Asylum has been my second mm-hmm. always, and. Um, I would say hotel has been competitive with that. You can have a tie. Now the if debate. You want. Well, uh, no, I'm not. I don't want to have a tie. <laughs> the debate with me coming into this was: is my disappointment with the finale of Hotel mm-hmm. enough to make it a spot below Asylum? Which Asylum's finale was sweet and crazy. Right, Asylum had a really good finale, but I like. I feel like as an overall whole. I liked the storyline of Hotel and some of the characters we had in Hotel better. Because, um, th- you know, Jessica Lange's character was, was awesome wow. in, in yeah. Asylum. And we had, like, Pepper. and But I was never... I don't remember being a huge fan of Lana. And I don't remember liking Evan Peters' character that much. Um, Kit. Kit, yeah. And Arden... I honestly think, looking at the whole of the season, and not I'm trying to pull myself away from just judging based on the finale, because I've kind of been flip-flopping my head here. I'm going to yeah. say Hotel is my second favorite season. Ooh. I'm going to bump it up to two. And I'm going to drop Asylum to three, which is a big move, because it's been Murder House Asylum for me since seasons one and two. Yeah. And Asylum is now going to be three, followed by Covenant Four and Freak Show. Um, Freak Show last well so they were pretty much chronological they used to be chronological that's true yeah shaking that up a little hotel was good like i you know i'm happy i'm really happy Mm -hmm. i think um well anyway do you feel comfortable naming your top five favorite characters because i know you'd mentioned that before uh, i don't know if i could i can i know i know for sure that liz taylor is one of them um, I would put I forget uh, what her character's name was. Um, Francis Conroy's character in um, Coven. Mm, 
Yes, I would fantastic. Agree with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And you give me some of yours real quick. Tate Langdon is definitely oh yeah a, a terrific character. Constance, Constance was, also was a great, great character. That was I think that was probably what made what keeps continues to make Murder House the strongest is it had two of the absolute. I think it had a number of very strong characters, but those two in particular were just fantastic, fantastic characters. And uh, um, season two, Sister Judith. Jude. That was Jude. Sister Jude. I think Sister Jude was a really good character. Just going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was um, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's her face? Um, the Eunice. Eunice, thank you, Sister Eunice. Mm-hmm. She was so sweet yeah. until she was <laughs> taken over by the devil. <laughs> what was the character that she played in season three in Coven? She was the one that could bring people back to life. I can't remember the name. Her name is like the Swamp Witch. Yeah, yeah, I liked I, her. She was I, cool. The hippie. <laughs> she was cool too yeah. Yeah, and Frances Conroy wasn't there so she was. those were great yeah, Frances Conroy too. and Coven I think that was my favorite and then Liz Taylor and James March could you pick anyone from, from Freak Show who you would say is was a character that you really enjoyed uh, Angela Bassett her Angela Bassett was probably she was cool one of the MVPs I, lo- I love season. it when they sawed um, or when Neil Patrick Harris sawed uh, Emma Roberts character in half even though like she had teamed up with um, Angela Bassett's character, and they were on this. They're like, "Yeah, they were gonna take this down." And then Angela Bassett's like, "Nah, bitch had it coming." <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh yeah, my yeah. god, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah, I love Angela yes. Bassett. Uh, which yeah, she is brings crazy. me to a question I have for you that you may or oh, I would put Queenie up there as one of my favorite characters too, which is maybe why I had an issue with some of the stuff that happened this season in in Hotel. What which actors or actresses would you like to see come back for season six? I feel like at this point we're both hands down Dennis O'Hare. Dennis O'Hare is a is a shoe in. Um, I want Angela Bassett I mean, back. I feel like you got to say Evan Peters and um, Sarah Paulson at this point are they approved their words. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Paulson needs to be bo- in everything. They've both been in every season. Yes, correct? agreed. I think they're the only two, actually. Yeah, um, I, just going obviously up until now. Yeah, but they're the only two. That, yeah, so for sure, them. Um, in terms of ancillary people, Finn Wittrock might who be I back. really. Yeah, I don't care if I, he's back or not. Da- okay, Dandy. Dandy was probably one of my favorite characters. He was my favorite character in all of Freak Show, and Twisty too. Yeah. Jo- um, John Carroll Lynch. In fact, I would like to see him back in a more prominent role. Yeah, I really like John Carroll Lynch. Is he's great? He, yeah, I would love Frances um, Conroy back. I would love Frances Conroy back too. And she needs. She's she wonderful. She's good. No, um, she's so good. How about some of these people we didn't really see this season, like Emma Roberts or um, Taisa Farmiga or um, Connie Britton, who we haven't seen since I season would, one. Obviously, Connie Britton would be the shit. She's so mm-hmm. great. Um, and I like Dylan McDermott too. Like he's Dylan he's McDermott? pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. Tyson, or, um, yeah. she's cool. Spock. Uh, oh yeah, um, um, Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I well, too. he's too big now. I feel like he's not coming back. I feel like Connie Britton's too yeah. busy too. Like she's so popular. Yeah, and Dylan yeah. McDermott's also like they had they had yeah. like one like movie off season. So like yeah, I'll do this show. But Con- yeah, yeah. Um, 
I really hope I Matt Bomer like he's great. I think he's pretty good. I would like to see him. He, I would. Uh, Donovan was an unsung character that I did really enjoy this season. Yeah, I don't think he was done justice either. Just like him and him and Ramona were the two underserved characters. I feel because mm-hmm. they both had some really bright spots. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would be okay if uh, oh my god, John Lowe actor, what's his name? Uh, Wes Bentley. Bentley, and I like Wes Bentley, but I just it, it didn't do it for me. And I'm I'd be okay if Chloe Sevigny didn't show up again. Again, great I, actress. I, I, like, I shrug it off. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. always I plays like that too. not a nice. She's coming across as not a warm person, or I, I've never anything I've seen her. I've never really been like, ah oh, man, cool. But maybe that's her shtick. I don't know. Whatever. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates is always good. I just she feel saw, like but you she's. Can't... She's fallen in the Evan Peters rut where the characters just aren't as good. They don't serve her well, you know? Yeah, and I feel like that I worry about her and Angela Bassett kind of falling in the same category where because they're such big names, the writers feel like they have to give them a big storyline even though it's not potentially necessarily that interesting. Yeah. Instead of just giving them like a really weird character that's more of a fringe character. Right, yeah. Um, I would love to see... Um, um, I know, that, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, oh my God! Now I'm blanking on names. Uh, Michael Chiklis was last season. Um, um, Swamp Witch. Eileen Warnos. Yeah, oh, she also played forgetting. two characters this season. Because we we saw her when Lady Gog or the Countess went to go to the doctor. Lily Rabe. Lily Rabe. Yeah, I like Lily Rabe a lot. She, I, I would be happy if she came. She's back too. Oh, when she went back to the murder yeah. house. Yeah. Anyway, that, uh, that's and oh, Gabrielle Sidibe. I would like. I would like to see her too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, we just pretty much like everyone. No, there were some people that I think we said the guy who played Doctor Arden. I thought was oh like, James uh, Cromwell. I'm trying to remember. James Cromwell. Yes, solid, he's great. Solid too. So another he question for you: season. speculating on future season. That's what I was gonna get to. Um, there's been a lot of theories going around about this. Um, I've read a lot of different things. Me too, and there's one that I really um, want to happen. So we've presented on quite a few. Um, a lot of the theories that either we'd come up with ourselves or people had had told to us that we thought were good ideas. We talked about like a politics White House kind of season. Mm-hmm. We've discussed like a cult season mm-hmm. of some kind. One season that I have just kind of um, been aware of that's kind of be, got, gained some traction is a summer camp mm. season boom that's the one i want that's the one i've been thinking about i think that would be fantastic like camp crystal crystal lake and some clues for that people said were like the um oh the, the urn the can yeah uh donovan's ashes were put in a campfire gold can right. which is the fake actually the fake coffee that um elsa mars did a commercial for in, in freak um, show yeah freak show uh, also, just like there's a lot of images of like the country and the woods and stuff like that. I'll be honest with you that I'm not. I am hesitant to do a summer camp season because I you would didn't be like afraid Friday it would 13th? fall into the coven. No, I just feel like it would. I'd be worried it would fall into the coven thing of like being too a little bit kitschy, too, too not to make a not top. to be a pun campy. <laughs> summer camp would be too campy. Um, Boom! Nice. I lo- too, yeah, too cheesy. I, I I wouldn't mind doing like a woods creepy like woods camping? um like yeah Blair Witch? Like, not like some yes more like a Blair Witch more like a cabin in the woods type mm, thing where there's the maybe woods. like there's like a cult or creatures in the woods 
I'm thinking also like Some kind of yeah, I, I'm thinking something like more in the wilderness, creepy yeah, kind of thing. Totally, that'd be cool. There's like a lot. It's like misty, and there's a lot of like moss on rocks and on trees and stuff like that. And there's not a whole lot of other people out there. I don't really know. That just seems very creepy to me. I want to bring the horror back to American Horror Story. We always That's say this. Kind of I agree. My campaign, and I think that our hotel was a step towards that. Um, and I was the one who had been saying all along I wanted a hotel season. And if you ask me if it lived up to my expectations, I would say almost not in terms. I would say not in terms. Not in terms of the level of horror. Yeah, I would say not in terms of the level of horror. But I really, I think it made up for it in terms of some of the characters that introduced. Right. But tell me more about what you would like to see in a summer camp season. I want to see a serial killer, like a legit one, not not like like one that's like really. So remember when we had Twisty early on and he had that murder that happened like right by the lakeshore that reminded me very much of um, of the Zodiac Killer. Um, and he kills the... They're having a picnic and then he like captures the girl and puts her in the cage and whatnot. Anyway, I want a serial killer kind of like that, but like you don't know the identity and it, is, it essentially kind of becomes a murder mystery. I guess I'm, it's along the lines of um, Scream Queens, but mm-hmm. not as campy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be great. Plus, obviously, you could do some supernatural stuff with being in the woods, a la Blair Witch Project. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I would want. What I mean, what are you looking for in any of these options? Like, Are you pulling for the White House type of a thing, or what do you what do you want? I think that of the ones that I outlined, the cult is the most the appealing to me in terms of scary, like, creepy-ass things that could happen. Don't you think... Here's the problem, I think, with American Horror Story sometimes. They try to fold, like, ten different stories that could happen in horror, and they try to put them all together instead of, like, being like, let's, like, kill it with three of them. Like, they've already mm-hmm. done Aliens. They've already done religious stuff. They've already done um, Haunted House. That Now they've done Haunted Hotel. And maybe that's... Maybe it's better for them because they've... Um, they've they've already used so many different stories that that's why this one is more streamlined hotel was more streamlined because there wasn't much stuff because they've already done too much like they didn't feel compelled to pull in as many things i mean we also had vampires in the hotel exactly we had vampires we had ghosts and serial killers mm-hmm. and a little bit of religion still too yeah at least i mean again asylum was crazy i mean when when you have aliens and um zombie rasper things there was a little bit too many. It was There's just too much stuff. I think that was... Which I... Asylum yeah. had... Uh, like, they tried to pack in a little anyway. bit too much, yeah. It was nuts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So... Oh, man, it's over. I, I mean, we'll be finding out. We'll be finding out soon, obviously. And who knows? I Like we discussed before, at one point they said maybe they do two seasons in 2016. I haven't heard any more about that, so I'm guessing it's not happening. Yeah. Um, which might be better so we don't get burned out on it. I don't know. Um, but obviously a little bit of a yeah. bummer that we only have 12 episodes instead of the standard 13 and that it was cut the way it was so that way we only had two after Christmas break kind of seemed like a... To be honest, I feel like I know it was 12 episodes, but they they could use more editing. <laughs> I mean, this could have been an eight season uh, or eight episode season hotel. Mm-hmm. There was just mm-hmm. a little bit of fat in there. There are storylines that didn't need to be there. Like you mentioned before, for instance, the Kids of Measles storyline was not... Yeah. I liked it when it happened, but then it didn't mean things. anything. I was like, well, this is stupid. Yeah, anyway. I agree. 
I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, but anyway, we appreciate you guys, uh, I guess, uh, joining us all season to kind of listen and hear our theories and discuss everything. We will be back, of course, um, when the next season rolls around. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you more then. But in the meantime, you know, you ever want to shoot us an email at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com or keep the conversation up on our Facebook page. Um, we like to post updates. We're so, we'll certainly post something when we find out what the new season is and that kind of thing. And um, Let's talk about we like it to keep, Yeah, we like to keep it going all year round. So uh, join us there. And um, in the meantime, uh, Chris, where can people, I guess... Uh, Stay in touch with me. That's right. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted, K-R-I-S-H-U-S-T-E-D. And I'm also on Snapchat, the Chris Husted. What about you, Tyler? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at TJMoss11, and that's where you can catch me. Also, if you guys want to leave us a review or a critique or anything like that on iTunes, it matters. It means a lot to us. We really do appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. And um, once again, thank you uh, for, for checking into the hotel with us this season. Oh, and now we're checking out. That's right. Oh. <laughs> New vacancy in the hotel. For now. For now. We're not dying in there yet. Still got a That's lot right. of life to live. We'll be the first to check out. <laughs> we're going to leave a review on Yelp and say, mm, you might die here. But the company's good. The front desk workers are, have a lot of sass. The bartender's great. The bartender's fantastic. Ask for Liz. <laughs> ask for a martini. She makes it real dirty. Don't ask for Sally. <laughs> All right, guys. No. <laughs> Happy hauntings. Oh,